everybody please take a seat. Good morning, boys and girls. I'm your substitute teacher, Mr. Tinman. And our first assignment today is what you want to be when you grow up. So we're going to go around the room. You over there with the Afro puffs. What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, I'm thinking about a hairstylist or like a designer. Those are some pretty good professions. And you over there in the Marlins jersey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a baseball player. Well, that's a pretty awesome profession as well. And you over there sitting there with the tiara. What would you like to be when you grow up? I want to be a DJ. Oh, that's a pretty crafty profession. And you, back there with the bus saw dreads, what would you like to be when you grow up? Uh, I, I want to be a motherfucking soldier. You better ask somebody. I Welcome back to another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only talent, Tomar Taylor, a.k.a. Tony Barato, a.k.a. Smack the Shad, your favorite podcaster, a.k.a. the Brooklyn Buzzsaw. Yo! It is another lovely day on the podcast. It's another lovely day down here in South Florida. It is... What's today? What's today? Somebody give me the date. It's October 9th. We are in the middle of Halloween season. Fall has begun. The NBA season is right around the corner. Talking about the NBA season, we got a big show coming up for you. It's 77 degrees out here today. It's feeling kind of nice and good. It's a little bit of sprinkly, so that means the gods are crying because the Jets must be taking another L. But that's not the point we're talking about today, folks. We got the last style bender to talk about. We got the NFL's week five and week six to do. We're going to do week six picks live today. Right, we got NF, we got the Hell in a Cell to go through. Oh, and don't forget about the NBA Fears Initiative. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, we talking about that. Oh, this is we talk about basketball. There's also some WNBA finals. And oh, yeah, don't forget about the PPW event going on later this month. But you know what I say, regardless of the time. Take that, take that, take that. And regardless of the weather. Oh, it's always a good time to talk some sports. So... My T Sports. Woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic. And I'm telling you, if you don't break a sweat during the intro, then you know what? You ain't listening, right? Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But you know what? Let's not waste time here, folks. Because you know how we like to do when we start the show. First of all, first of all, first things first. Let's go ahead and bring up the NBA real quick. Because I don't know if you've been watching. 
or if you've been paying attention to what is going on in the NF in the NBA. But smoke weed every day. That's just a little personal thing. But there's some news coming out of the NBA that isn't basketball related. So in case you haven't heard, right? And I'm gonna leave a couple of names out of here because like the few names that, that 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 do pop up are really irrelevant. So Houston Rockets management puts out a tweet earlier this week regarding the events that are happening in Hong Kong and China, right? <clears throat> now, is it a, is it egregious comments? No. Is it something that the NBA on its on on its on its surface value would they have said anything to him no but you know who is saying something about it the chinese government and their communist ways basically what's going on over there is that you have people over there fighting for their freedom protesting for their freedom and as they're protesting for their freedom their government is killing their people yeah we're saying it china you're basically killing your people for freedom of speech and freedom of expression. But China doesn't believe in freedom of speech and freedom of expression. This is why we're, we're, we're home of the free land of the brave. Home of the free because of the brave. Well, I salute to all my soldiers out there. One time for the one time. So this comment, this tweet, I don't even want to call it a comment. This tweet comes off very ill put with the... Chinese government where it sounds like at first they want an apology from from the Houston Rockets management and it seems initially that used that at least the NBA goes to a point where they go listen like we sorry we like we offended like listen like we love the fans over there like, like we do everything we can because they're worried about their business interests at some point right and we're sorry for the but Listen, we still believe in our democracy. Like, I'm sorry, B. Like, it sucks what's going on over there. We ain't trying to offend anybody, but... Hey. This is what one general manager said. And listen, we support him. Basically, he's saying that, listen, we support... that. We, hey, it's kind of fucked up what's going on over there in Hong Kong. We kind of support freedom. Which is what we do in America. We support freedom. And not for nothing. Normally, the kind of shit that's going on in Hong Kong... It's the kind of shit that makes America normally starts war with other countries. Now, the reason we may not have gone on and started a war with China is not only because we we um they say that we may fear it being a long war and fearing their military might. No, no, no. Let's not get into it. That's not really it. It's all about the commerce because America's business is business. You understand? America isn't a businessman. They are a business, man. And that's what the president really is. He is he is in charge of conducting the business of America. Which is why I said some things that Donald Trump has said. Why he may have said them kind of outlandishly. I make understand it from a business standpoint where he may be talking about. Especially when he has in some way, shape or form said that we shouldn't be so dependent and so in debt to all of these foreign countries. That if we don't do business with them, that it puts us in a financial crisis. Well, this may be the very same thing that the NBA may be looking into. 
where there's billions of billions of billions of dollars that are that are shuffled into the NBA because of its Asian market. There are there are over 250 NBA stores in their Asian market alone that does very well for themselves. You understand? In a normal normally on an event like now where they are where they are where they are normally showered with love, showered with blessings, showered by greetings. That isn't the case. That isn't the case um, this time. This time around, there's barely any fans there. The fans that are there are, are covering their face as they're going there now. <clears throat> And like I said, we don't know what the, what, the, what the Asian government really wants, the Chinese government really wants from us. Because they basically said, listen, while you guys may believe in freedom of speech, any talk against the government here will get you shot. That's basically what they said. Listen, South Park had talked bad about the Chinese government. And the Chinese government had threatened to start pulling some of the, you know, and didn't want to pull some of the, some of the you know, started pulling some of the shows of South Park from their stations. The same way they're doing with NBA games. And South Park put out an apology. And South Park apology basically said, like, listen, while like while we're less like every other business, while we like our pockets, you know, we, we apologize for talking against the, you know, the scumbag, <laughs> the, the scumbag piece of shit activities that are going on in China. That's basically what they said. I can pull it up verbatim, but who wants to do that? So now the NBA is caught up in a weird situation where they definitely don't want to censor any of their players, owners, GMs, coaches, employees, because that's not what they're about. They also want to try to find a way, if they can, to preserve the relationship for the billions of dollars that the Chinese government dumps into the NBA. And... The NBA may also be at a point where they're like, we have to take this stance. And if we're an organization of stances, then we may not be able to support China or support business China if China is going to keep doing things that we keep finding unhumane. Because remember, unhumane things around this country is the reason why America keeps going to war with other countries. Let's not get that twisted. Part of the reason why the rest of the country is mad at America is because we, ha because we have in some way, shape, or form become the, 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 the quote-unquote police of the, of the world. When we've seen activities like this, we're watching Zion Williamson preseason game. Yes, folks, there's a cleanup on aisle eight. You know what I mean. So... <clears throat> The NBA may have to decide if they're going to want to keep doing business in China while turning a blind eye to what China does to their people. Or if they're going to take a stance and take their business out of China and say F you to China and be one of the first companies in America to not, that, that does big business with China to say, you know what, we're not going to keep turning a blind eye to how you keep conducting yourselves and how you keep treating your people just because it's beneficial and profitable to us. And if that comes about... And if that keeps making national news, see, I doubt that this president will do it, and maybe he will. But I doubt how, how long before we start having military involvement 
because of this incident. Because, like I said, if it keeps getting big enough, well, we can't turn a blind eye to China's dealings when what's happening in sports is making a CNN and other national news because of the Chinese government's involvement with now trying to regulate how Americans talk their shit. Now, see, here comes a double-edged sword or double entendre, right? While the Chinese government is trying to tell us on how to and how we, we need to conduct our freedom of speech. We're like, whoa, 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 you don't tell Americans what the fuck to do. We'll knock your fucking block off. We're basically over there like, yo, we don't like what the fuck you're doing over there, so, we don't, so we're going to take our business from them. And we're supposed to expect China to eat it without any problems. And if they don't, then we're going to go to war with them, technically. That's normally how we do business. But China's definitely coming over here like saying like, yo, we don't like the way your people speak out against us. And we don't believe in the way that you, that, that you define freedom of speech. And you understand, if we was on the other foot and we said this to China, this would be grounds for war. Now, if China decides to go to war with us, we're going to be like, oh, they fucked up. They should have never done this. It'll be unjustified. But if we did it to them, we'll be like, oh, there was all kinds of justification because they don't believe in the American ideology. Which, listen, not for nothing. The Chinese government may be wanting to come to war or may be against this. But you have to remember, they're killing their, their citizens for a reason. They're killing their citizens because their citizens are protesting against the way their government has been conducting themselves. The way their government has been governing their people. So that's normally our justification. See, we, while we always look for like, wait, we're trying to fight on the right of freedom and as much freedom as possible. Communism is communism. And we've been taking down communism since my grandpappy's grandpappy's era. And while none of them was in the army, it wasn't any kind of service. And I'm the first one in my family to join. You know, I'm the first gen first one in my yeah in my family to join any kind of military service. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry, me and my sis. <laughs> Only talking about one side of the family. But you know, understand that we have been doing this for a really, really long time. And if they are gonna start trying to flex their communist muscle. <laughs> well, I guess my T.O. is going to have to get involved and start dropping some bombs over fucking Baghdad. But I guess this bombs will be over Bangkok. Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me or my don't army. Fuck with me, don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me. But you know what? We're going to leave the NBA alone right now because, because we have basketball to talk about, right? And we got football to talk about. We got all, and we got all of us supposed to talk about stuff. So we're going to leave basketball off to the side right now, right? We're going to put them away for a minute. And we're going to get into week five of the NFL because, folks, Week five is here. Week five is here. Week five is here. And now it's just week five. What season five is this, Booker? And who are we going to talk about this week? The top what? In fantasy and in, in the real world. So let's get that started right now, folks. 
we had week five of the NFL, and if you followed me this week, then this week wasn't so bad. We ended up going nine and seven, winning record, not double-digit wins like I like to produce, but still a winning record, which means that if you bet on every single game based off just the wins and losses from what I said, you should have made yourself some mola. How much mola? We're talking about it, even bets all across the board, that is, obviously. But you should have made yourself some more. Let's take a quick rundown, right? The Detroit Lions had a bye week this week, so you didn't have to worry about, about any of their teams and any of their players. That's a fantasy tip for you, just a tip. Nothing else but the tip, just how you like it, right? And also, the Miami Dolphins were, were, out, were off this week, so you didn't have to worry about them stinking up the place and continuing in their immaculate, record-breaking, winless season. I have to say record-breaking winless season because there are some other teams in this league this year having some winless seasons and they're continuing as near winless ways, but none of them are as record-breaking as the Miami Dolphins. Let's get it started, folks. We had Thursday night football, and we had week five kick off with it. We talk about the Los Angeles Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm telling you, folks, this week was nothing short of an awe offensive explosion let's keep that in mind as i tell you we're talking about four quarterbacks over 350 yards nine running backs over 100 yards 12 receivers over 100 yards that's including all wide receivers and tight end folks like i said it was an offensive explosion in your face here goes the tissue clean yourself off the money's on the counter let's get started week five in the nfl la rams versus the seattle seahawks this is a close game 29 to 30 and I'm telling you, it was even closer than, than, than the score even says. You're wondering, wait a minute, it was a one-point game. How could it have been any closer than that? Because you had to have seen it. You had to have been a witness. You had to have experienced the Seattle Velveteen Dream. <sighs> Which included the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson being saved. By two bobbled, bumbled, not fumbled, just bobbled passes, catches, if you may. The first one being on the offensive end. Where there was a juggling act, folks. As you see Russell Wilson roll out as he normally does. Not out of panic, just pure poise. Looking like he has all of the time in the world. He throws a kiss up to Sierra. She throws it back. She shows her his body, yaddy yaddy. He gives her, she gives him a sexy face. He gives her that plain Jane look. Then he throws and throws a, a nice strike to a wide open receiver. That, oh no folks, the ball goes right through his hands like a bar of soap. It squirts into the ear. He taps it back up with another hand he taps it into the other hand Russell Wilson is looking at you like you motherfucker you if you dare drop that ball you dirty rat but that was not the case they got out of the danger zone and they got into the end zone and he made that catch to help the Seattle Seahawks keep along that scoring pace. And folks, in the end, while the LA Rams was marching down the field, they were marching down the field head first. 
you <laughs> head, head first just bludgeoning the Seahawks with every possession, with every drive. And we're talking about passes through the air, folks. Until there was a little bit of mistiming by Jared Goff. And he throws the ball. And it looks like it's intercepted, but we don't know if it's intercepted. The Seattle Seahawks defensive player dives for the ball. He gets his hand right underneath it. He bobbles it up in the air. It goes squirting again like another bar of soap. You would have swore that Ivory Fresh was on this thing. Ivory Spring? We don't know. We're going to call them them both. But you would have swore that that ball was made out of straight Irish Spring. But folks, it was meant for the guys in green to hold on to that ball. He taps it up once as he gets his hand underneath it. Taps it up a second time with, on, with his other hand. And then what does he do? Puts two hands on the ball, secures it, gets up and proceeds to run the other way before he the whistles are blown and they are stopped. The referees say that ball hit the ground and it was an incomplete pass. Oh no, you know old Pistol Pete Cowell was not about to have any signs of this. He starts to fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la, fling that red, that red challenge flag onto the field because he says, no, my player had it. And folks, they challenged the ball and it was confirmed. This player had the ball. Ball, folks, these are two juggling, bumbling passes that are caught by Seattle players that helped them pull off a 30-29 to victory. But, folks, that was not the only grace of football gods that they received. No, no, the blessings will keep on coming as the L.A. Rams get down the field, stick the ball into the ground. And they kick it for three points. And folks, oh no, it is short. Just right. For the Seattle Seahawks to come away with a one-point victory. And as folks, as we continue to watch Zion Williamson play in the preseason game, I still, I still believe that we are just watching Kenneth Fareed with better PR. Now, we did just see Zion Williamson try a dribble move and, and drop the lane. He got fouled. Maybe that is a little bit more than what Kenneth Fareed can do because I've never seen Kenneth Fareed really break, try to dribble past anybody, but it still was just two dribbles and, and a drive. Nothing fancy, no step back, just pound, pound, drive. It looked a little fancy, a little bit. Did a little in and out move with it. We evaluate everything he does. But it was still pound, pound, drive. Listen, if that's all he needs, then uh, because people are like, yo, we're going to play off of him, which I don't know why. I don't feel like you, I don't feel like you should feel like he, that he's fast enough to blow by anybody quite yet. Maybe I'm just not a fan of the of, of overhyped people. Maybe that's what it is. And I'm like, while everybody is looking at the overhype, I'm like, yo, why, why don't we just enjoy what they are? And he is what he is right now. He's a nice, young, exciting guy. Came in with some, with some really nice PR. And if Kenneth Fareed was doing this in college with that kind of PR, we'll be talking about Kenneth, Kenneth Fareed. And Kenneth Fareed, not for nothing. If I'm not mistaken, he was a top 10 draft pick. 
So when I say he reminds me of Kenneth Fareed, they a lot of people thought Kenneth Fareed was high on their meat, was high on their radar. And for at least eight good solid years in the NBA, Kenneth Fareed was one of the top rebounders, one of the top offensive, um, one of the top second chance scorers, and one of the top scorers around the rim and in the paint. And he didn't do a bad job on defense either. It's probably what it was to help Camille Anthony in his early career because they were about the same size, and yet he was able to take the more, the more tenacious people at that forward position sometimes. But let's get back into football because we only talked about one game, and you know what? There are still 15 more games to go, and we're still in the first section of the show. So let's continue. Give me a little bit of music, and let's get where it's supposed to be at. Nope, nope. You try to tease me with that. Next up, we had Jacksonville taking on Carolina, which was basically the battle of the backup quarterbacks. In one corner, we had Two Man Shoe or Two Man Foo or whatever his name is. <laughs> but you had... <clears throat> but you had Two Man Shoe taking on whoever the backup quarterback is in Carolina. <laughs> right? And these are the games that are always kind of hard to, to determine. Because if Cam Newton's in the game, we pick Carolina. But the fact that he's gone and Two Man Shoe, Fu Man Shoe was looking just a little bit better with his squad than the Carolina dude was looking with his squad. Ah, we can understand why we got this pick wrong. Carolina comes up with the victory and leave Food Man shoe short. New England Patriots walk all over Washington, 33-7. to And it's, it's Washington. Julius Edelman had eight catches, 110 yards, one, one of them for a touchdown. It's Washington. What do you expect? They're one of the sorry teams in the league. They're one of the teams that doesn't have a victory. Well, you know what, folks? One of the teams that don't have a victory next year or next week, they are going to come away with a victory, folks, because you know what's going to happen? Two of the teams that don't have a win are going to play each other. So somebody's going to have to break that streak. I wonder who it's going to be. Now listen, if you know about how the hate in my heart is when it comes to my division rivals, I think you already have an idea where I'm going to go with this one. Right, well, let's go on to the next game. We were wrong in this game as Tennessee were, did not, did not, folks, pull off the victory against Buffalo as Buffalo continues their winning ways and they now have four early wins into the season as they improve their record to four and one, folks. Next up, we had Baltimore beat up Pittsburgh. Listen, as they squeezed out a W and honestly, they've fallen out of my top five. The way that Baltimore has been looking as of late is not the same Baltimore that I remember seeing the first two weeks of the season. Like the, like the Baltimore from the last three to four weeks of the season, let's look at kind of mediocre, looking kind of suspect. The offense doesn't really look like they can get the ball down the field anymore and that defense doesn't look like they can contain anybody. I mean, what the flying fudge sickles is going on in Baltimore? 
Baltimore. Can somebody please call Ray Lewis, get him inside that locker room, and have them give them a motivational speech that should at least carry over for three weeks. And if this is what you gotta do for the remaining of your career, then do it. If you gotta bring Ray Lewis in every three weeks to recharge those batteries, then you bring him in for a speech. Whatever you gotta do, Baltimore. But you can't be looking bad against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that has now lost their second quarterback. I wonder who they sound like. I wonder who they sound like. I wonder who they sound like. Hmm, they've lost two quarterbacks. Who does that sound like? Somebody, anybody, please tell me. Who does that remind you of when you're talking about a team that has lost two quarterbacks in one season? Oh, that's right. Me of the Jets. Maybe this is why when you when you look in your GIF page, when you type in the Jets, you see at least one picture of the Pittsburgh Steelers on there. Because you know what? These two teams are looking kind of familiar right now. Next up, we had Arizona going to Cincinnati as the Arizona Court Cardinals and Kyler, I should have played baseball. Murray is looking for his first NFL victory. And listen, Cincinnati is one of those teams that are also struggling to win games this year, as well as Arizona was. But you know what? When you have a pair of winless teams going against each other, I already said it. One of them got to come away with the victory, and that was the case today, folks. The rookie finally shows that he belongs in baseball still. But he still got his first NFL with victory, 26-23 over Cincinnati. And folks, we called it right here. We said this was going to be his first victory after we already picked it bad a couple of times. Listen, don't you play the flashback music when I got shit wrong. Uh, listen, don't you forget who cut your checks back there. <laughs> Throw me off. Smoke weed every day. That's much better. Kyler Murray gets his first win, and listen, 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 this is just really just more proof that Cincinnati sucks, right? And that Cincinnati isn't the only team that sucks, because Atlanta also took on Houston and had a 50-burger dropped on their head. I mean, it was just pure danger zone for the Atlanta Hawks, as they have not been able to muster up the beef. Like, I, didn't, I don't even understand what, what you can muster up, but they haven't been mustering it. Listen, they can't muster relish. Like, that's how much mustard they have lost. If they were a hot dog convention, I guess they'll just be trying to play catch-up. That's how much they can't muster up any kind of offense. But. That boy Deshaun Watson looked good. Now, Deshaun Watson, folks, made some noise. 400. 26 yards in a victory, folks. Looking oh so fresh and oh so clean. And oh, that's not to mention that he added two, he gave, I should say, 217 of those yards to his wide receiver, Will Fuller. Oh, yeah, folks. If you had Will Fuller on your squad, then you didn't just eat good, you ate. Great. But now let's move on to Tampa Bay taking on Houston. As we have 
Jameis turnover chain, turnover chain, turnover chain, turnover chain. Winston taking on. Oh, steady, steady, Teddy. A bridge under my water, a bridge over my water. Oh, steady, Teddy. Oh, steady, Teddy. Bridge over my water. Bridge over my water. Teddy Bridgewater leads his team to another victory, folks, as he is now undefeated as a New Orleans Saints starting quarterback. Starting quarterback. We ain't talking about that game that he came in halfway through where he was the backup quarterback. As a starting quarterback, he is undefeated. Defeated, folks, and he is doing more than keeping this New Orleans Saints team afloat. He has helped injecting life into them, folks. Straight life into this team. He gets 11 of his passes over to Mike Thomas. That tucks him in for 182 yards and two touchdowns. Next up on the list, folks. We get a stab to the heart as we had the Minnesota Vikings take on the New York Giants, folks. And we thought the Love Jones was going to continue, but oh no, we had a stab to the heart as the Love Jones ends, folks. At least the winning streak of Mr. Love Jones ends. But the love for, jo the love for Jones has not ended. Giants fans are still looking optimistic. Giant fans are looking at it like, you know what, Sterling Shepard? You missed a pass down the field, and which we could have had. Well, we didn't even force for you to get two feet down. We get it. Like, really, just a couple of missed opportunities here and there. We're talking about six inches, whether between your brains over the lines or with your or with your ball coming down on your pass a little bit more. Or maybe even between your legs. I don't know what Jones has paws, but I'm just saying, though, he's playing like he at least has the balls. To keep up in this league. <clears throat> and granted you're not going to win them all. You're also not going to lose them all. He very much said that in his post game interview. As listen he sounds a very much like Eli. So when they said that he talked like Eli. He walked like Eli. He really reminded them of Eli. They weren't kidding. This kid reminds me of Eli. Except. There is no except. He reminds me of Eli. Even the early Eli he reminds me of. We'll see. I'm hoping he does better than Eli, at least in the regular season. Because we have to remember, the Giants had a lot of struggling regular seasons with Eli at the helm. It is just that when they made it into the playoffs, they made the most out of their playoff runs. But they didn't have a lot of playoff runs. There are a lot of other quarterbacks that had a lot more playoff runs than Eli Manning. Especially ones that came from his same draft class. They've had better. They've had. They've had more playoff appearances. Not too many people had better playoff runs than Eli Manning, and it's his playoff runs that are gonna make him a Hall of Fame quarterback. Am I saying Daniel Jones is a Hall of Fame quarterback? Oh no, let's take that Love Jones down just a bit. I'm saying that he looks as good as Eli Manning looked back then, and we knew back then that based off of the team that Eli had. That he was going to end up winning a championship before his brother did. I'm not going to go as far on my, on my, on my stool to say that he's going to win a championship anytime soon. I'm just saying right now he looks a little bit better than Eli did back in those days. 
because we were still watching Eli with bias, with bias Manning goggles, giving him all kinds of benefit of the doubt. I don't see Jones getting, getting a lot of benefit of the doubt. I just see him playing without a shadow of a doubt. We're going to take a little quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more football. And then we're going to take another break. I mean, it's kind of how things are. Let's sit tight. We'll be back. Let me put you on the game. Being taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop. Aren't you tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then, head to Multivest Video Games and get the value you deserve on your games and gaming products. The games cost money and you shouldn't feel like you're just giving them away. So why continuously buy a membership for prices and deals that you should be getting anyway? Multivest Games not only has fair pricing and great trading deals, Multivest has a wide variety of games in all next-gen systems in the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One series, as well as all your favorite old-school titles and systems, starting as early as Atari Nintendo to as current as PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360s, and yes, that does include all of the PlayStation's Nintendo systems and Xboxes in between. They've been family-owned and operated for over 10 years, just off of the intersection of 183rd and 7th Avenue in the Nurses Registry Plaza. That's directly located at 830 Northwest 183rd Street, Miami Gones, Florida 33169. That's conveniently just five minutes from Sun Life Stadium, 790 the ticket, and, oh no, let's not forget, Tootsie's Adult Entertainment Center. Multi-Vest Games, where you save more so you can play more. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. If you are listening, then, oh, here it comes. I, I really do appreciate it. But if you are listening, that means you're listening in one of the many places that we have the podcast here. That the number one place to listen to the podcast is still and always will be MightySports.net. You don't only get the live podcast here every Wednesday night at 8.07, but you also get all of the re-ears of the podcast, and you also get everything else that's going on in the Mighty world. But if you don't care for all that, you just want the podcast, then go to TuneIn, go to iTunes, go to Google Play, go to Spotify, go to MixLR, go to Podbean, go to CastBox, or wherever you like to listen to your podcast at, go there. Pretty sure you can find it. It's the My T Sports podcast it's where every take is my tea hold on hit that button for me one time you just gonna let me just sit on that my tea thank you so as we continue with our week five picks of the nfl right we went nine and seven like i said it wasn't great but it wasn't it wasn't bad it wasn't spectacular either it's kind of so-so a little better than so-so which to us means that it was kind of so-so right Last time we were talking about was the Love Jones that ended in New York as the Minnesota Vikings came in they, and they put an axe right through the heart of the New York Giants. They chopped them down to size as they had Adam Thielen go off for seven catches, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. And not to mention Dalvin Cook. They gave him that ball 21 times to bludgeon the Giants to death. Well, we're at 132 yards as they came up with that oh, oh so lopsided 28-110. to 110. 
Sorry, 1-0 victory. That's 10, folks. Next up, oh, I couldn't have been more wrong in this pick either. I thought the Chicago Bears were going to go into Oakland, and I thought they were going to wear out the Raiders. I thought they were going to tear them to shreds. I thought they were going to make it look like the un look like the shavings of Christmas wrapping after Christmas morning. And like, I thought it was going to be that kind of massacre, but we're talking about the kind of massacre that would have made Jason be like, oh, my God, that shit looks disgusting, like that kind of massacre. But no, 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 no. It was the other way around. While the Bears defense did manage to cause some disruption, it wasn't worthy enough for them to talk about because you know what? They lost. And we know what happens here. We only talk about the winners. And the Bears walked into Oakland and they got put to sleep by the Raiders, folks. Oh, I'm telling you, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It wasn't okay. It wasn't just right. It was just a nice, hard-fought victory. They gave that ball to that boy Josh Jacobs 26 times, and he beat them down for 123 yards. He found that end zone two times. He helped them win 24 to 21. We move on to Philadelphia Eagles taking on the winless Jets, and they will help the Jets stay winless as the Jets are playing with, don't forget, their third-string quarterback because they're wrecked their starting quarterback as mine when and then they lost their backup quarterback to injuries. So they started with their third string quarterback, and he got sacked 10 fucking times, folks. Yes, we're talking about more sacks than the fucking stack exchange. I don't understand what was going on here. This is more sacks than a sausage party. There was so many sacks in this goddamn game. I mean, you couldn't find more sacks in the potato section in the grocery aisle. That's how many sacks happened this time. I'm talking about more sacks than opening day in high school. Yes, folks, we're talking about the ones on the backs and the ones in the jeans. We're talking about more sacks than a sex change convention. Yes, folks, there was sacks on sacks on sacks on sacks on sacks on sacks on sacks. So many sacks that Biggie came from his grave and made the 10 sacks commandments, folks. Oh my God, it was disgusting. But it's the Jets, what did you expect? when you decided to sign the Miami Dolphins loser head coach. What did you expect when you pass up on a Super Bowl winning coach? For let me say it again. Do we have a drum roll for this so the people can feel it? We don't. But you know what? We're just going to go in here full tilt. You signed a sorry ass Bum ass, garbage ass, pathetic ass coach, and you're expecting to win games? Nah. Let's not get the guy that has developed and helped a bad man and Aaron develop and win at least one championship. Oh, no. Let's not go get that guy. Because the only thing that happened in that relationship is that the voice just got stale after 10 years of majority winning. But no, 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 no. I understand if you were going to possibly go get somebody else of higher caliber. Maybe a hot, a hot up spark club. Maybe one of these hot college guys. You know what I mean? But but no, you get the loser head coach that his only claim to fame was 
being the quarterback coach for Peyton Manning when Peyton Manning is technically his own quarterback coach and being and him when he played for the Miami Dolphins while they had a losing record they were able to beat the Patriots is that really what we're hanging our head on because listen there are a lot of people that come down to Miami and forget themselves when the Miami have a decent team now, is it because of the weather? Sometimes it's because they party too hard. Sometimes it's because it's a division rival. But you sign this piece. Oh, I, I, I swear, I feel like I, the New York Jets head coach should get the piece of poop award. But you know what? I don't want to give the piece of poop award to the Jets head coach. Do you know what I want to give to the Johnson that signed this? And I'm not talking about the the guy in, in the Johnson family. I'm talking about the dickhead that decided to pull this move. That... Is what you this is a pull blunder and not for nothing I understand it will be horrific to have to put this quarterback through his third head coach in two years or in three years but you do it until he gets it un, un, until we get it right you said this kid got talent don't snuff out his flame by having people in charge of him that are inadequate to do their fucking jobs I'm sorry. I've been cursing this whole segment. Give me one time for the one time. You're supposed to be on top of that, B. Grand, dirty, perky, shark, back, flat, and fort, and fill up, bunker, burton, perkaluma, burton, dirt, and bush, and martin, and adamura. Smoke weed every day. Gotta calm myself down. Gotta calm myself down. I wanna say shout out and give some love to Buffy. Because <clears throat> you have put me on to. Cognac and, and cranberry juice. And I forget about it sometimes. I, and that's really what it is. I forget about it. But I remembered it today because I forgot. I was ordering my little cans of Coke. But I got it today. Thank you, Buff. Oh, I love to be some Buff. You ain't the one that got away. Nicole is the one that got away. But you are. Yeah, yeah. You're in the top five. You're in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> Back to these football games, right? <clears throat> Next up, we had Denver go into the L.A. Chargers, into the into the L.A. to take on the Charger, folks. And we had L.A. pulling out this victory. But once again, we were a witness to the nine kid having Phillip Rivers weak pullout game as he could not Pull out a victory on Sunday as they lost to Denver 20 to 13. As he had Joe Fluco out there looking like an actual quarterback. An actual quarterback that did the right thing and got the ball to his running back 15 times for 114 yards and one touchdown. We're talking about Patrick Lindsay, folks. Or Philip Lindsay. Also. Next game, folks. We're just going to keep moving right along. Right? We talked about Green Bay. Here goes Green Bay's champs, right? We had, we had folks, 3-1 and one Green Bay taking on. Three and one Dallas, folks. Dallas coming off of a coming off of a coming off of a loss last the previous week to the New Orleans Saints and Teddy Bridgewater, right? And, and the Green Bay Packers putting up a defense this 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 year that has made you wonder, like, hey, why doesn't Aaron Rodgers look better, right? 
But whoa, 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 we saw, we saw the star starting to dim in Big D as they take their second L as they face their second real team. Second real team, second straight loss. And now we're talking about Green Bay, and Green Bay improving to four and one. We got Dallas falling to three and two. And we're starting to see a little bit of panic starting to drop out of Big D. Because people are starting to realize something. Stop the run. Stop the run. Stop the run. Forcing the pass. Forcing the pass. Let Amari Cooper and Doc and Dak Prescott beat you. Let them pass. Let them let them pass 40, 50 times. Let Amari Cooper go up for 217 yards. Don't fall for the play action. Take Ezekiel Elliott out. If, 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 if you think that ball goes to him, you 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 eat it on him. I know, I know, and listen, as long and as long as they can keep getting pressure with with from, um, from, with only four, if teams can keep getting pressure with only four or five men on them, it's going to be like that. That offensive line that we that we coveted so much, they're starting, they're starting to, to get beat up a little bit. They're starting to lose guys on that offensive line, and it's affecting them, and it's affecting their wins, and it's affecting Dak Prescott's and Ezekiel Elliott's productivity. But what's happened these last two games definitely lets you see why Dak Prescott may be the last man to get signed. Amari Cooper may, it may be really Amari Cooper because Amari Cooper is the guy from the outside, but we've seen him be the route runner and, and help be the difference to help with that run game initially, right? Now we're just seeing that once you take Amari Cooper out and you game plan for, and you, and you double team and you scheme for him, right? Double team him, put a safety over the top of him. Let all the rest of those wide receivers go and um, go and do their thing. Let old ass Jason win him. Um, get uh, get try to get everything underneath that he wants to, and let Dak Prescott pass that ball all over the place. And let's see what happened. And for two straight weeks, we've seen it. Big D look like little D, and we ain't talking about the porn star. Go look him up if you if you don't know what I mean. Shout out little D. He reminds me of my spirit animal. Helicopter style. Turn up a chain, turn up a chain, turn up a chain, turn up a chain. <laughs> Next up on the docket, we had Indiana go into Kansas City, folks. And I got nothing special to say here. This game just leaves you with a big wide gaping jaw pause because Kansas City didn't pull it out they looked like Philip Rivers against an indie team that now that now improves to three and two with this last victory Still kind of keep themselves up above flow. Not look. I have a feeling the anime may finish 500. So if any anime start finding ways to start beating teams that we may not expect. And, and Kansas City is a team that we did not expect. Now also, there's an injury that happened to Patrick Mahomes. That you can say limited his incredibility. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, 
That's, that's a new terminology. Incredibility. Right? Crash Mahomes said that he should be good for this week, but if he is banged up, we've seen teams catch up to him. Now, they don't always consistently hit him. You see teams consistently catch up to him, at least when he when he, when he scrambles. Right before he gets that ball off, we see him taking hits. We see him, we see him getting rid of that ball as he's going down. You know what I mean? As he's falling away. As people are, are, are pulling at his ankles, pulling at his legs. That may be something to look out for. Because this can start affecting him. And he is a guy that, while he has a different kind of, he has a bunch of different launch angles. We have to start watching out if he can't, if he's, can't be mobile what kind of quarterback he's gonna look at look like and it may just be a different kind of beauty as we see him be the kind of quarterback that we never thought he could be from the pocket as he showed us as he shows us all his all his all of his different release points but at this point in time Kansas City came up short Indiana came up with a nice victory 19 to 13 Marlon Mack rushed for 29, rushed 29 times, 132 yards, no touchdowns. And folks, and then we had, then, <laughs> we had the Monday night game. And in the Monday night game, It was Cleveland's pastry chef Baker Mayfield taking on San Francisco's leading pawn star. The Jimmy Slinger. Garoppolo. <laughs> And not forget on that defense. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. And, man, Richard Sherman did not disappoint, and neither did the San Francisco 49ers as they came away with a victory. Three to 31, folks. They're talking about a shellacking. We're talking about four interceptions for the pastry chef. We're talking about the Baker. We're talking about Odell Beckham still, again, not having a 100-yard reception game. And who's missing who now? Is Eli missing Odell Beckham or is Odell Beckham missing Eli and the Giants? Because at least they got him the ball and got him 100 yards. We don't see the pastry chef being able to get any of his receivers or any of his wide of his running backs, the ball to his players when it matters. And listen, they look good against the Jets, but it's the Jets. Anybody could look good against the Jets. It's like anybody could look good against the Dolphins this year. Anybody could look, at, could look good against Washington. Anybody could look good against Arizona. Anybody could look good against Cincinnati. Let's not forget, Jets, Dolphins. Arizona and Cincinnati. And if you want to throw in another one, 
Atlanta ain't that far off either. So there are just some teams that are just some bum-ass teams in the league. My Jets are one of them. Which is Sherman. He helped, he helped beat the brakes off of that Cleveland team. And then he went to go, and then he did not disappoint while he did not say, When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crash, oh, that's Beckham? the result you're going to get. Why he didn't go up, he didn't say that. He definitely went off on Baker Mayfield. It talked about, well, listen, when you don't have respect for the game the way you're supposed to, that you're going to be humbled real quick. And we wanted to make sure that we humbled you. We heard all the noise. We heard what everybody's been saying about us. About we weren't good enough. About about this and that. Comparing us, about how we were to compare in, in, in our conference this year to Seattle and the LA Rams. We heard all that noise. Yet, we sit here as one of the only other undefeated teams. Now, once again, we talked about this earlier. Do all undefeated records look alike? No. But when Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer in a year where he's just coming off of an injury, right? And he still kind of looks like he's trying to get into football shape. In a year where, where Richard Sherman isn't sitting on the sideline for half a year, while they also don't have a starting quarterback, while the guy that we thought was good enough to take Tom Brady's place and run their immaculate system, we see now him coming together. We see Kyle Shanahan putting together that um, offensive scheme built around this quarterback and, and, and a scheme for this team to make them look like a team. Like a team that we haven't seen win since Kellen Kaepernick. That long ago. It wasn't like I told you folks. This was this was the offensive explosion week, right? We're talking about Dak Prescott in a loss had 463 yards. Deshaun Watson in a win had 426 yards. Jared Goff in a loss put up 395 yards. Gardner Minshew in a loss. Put up 374 yards. And Tom Brady in a win. Puts up 348 yards. Oh, you know what he just got, right? You know what Tom Brady just got? I, I know when you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> you're funny for that one. But no, 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 no. That's not what Tom Brady just got. Tom Brady just got... Because he fell under the 350 marker. For running backs. Oh, in case you don't realize what's going on now. I guess I got to bring you up to speed. These are the... The top five of the week. For running backs, we had Christian McCaffrey put up 176 yards. In a win. We had... Dalvin Cook for Minnesota put up 132 yards in a W. We had Marlon Mack for Indiana rush for 132 yards in a W. We had Josh Jacobs run for 123 yards. And then we also had Chris Carson from Seattle run for 118 yards with a W as well. Remember, we told you there were 12 
There were 12 receivers that had over 100 yards. Once again, we only talking about the top five. And we actually had a couple that broke 200 yards, folks. We had... Cooper put up 226 yards, right? Will Fuller from Houston with 217 yards. Then we had my main man, Thomas from Houston, put up 182 of them yards. Then we also had DJ Chalk from Jacksonville put up 164 yards. Then we had Gerald Everett from the Los Angeles Rams throw 136 yards up in there. And then also Adam Thielen from the Minnesota Vikings who hundred there. I know that six. That's because one of those guys was a tight end, folks. You know how we do. And, folks, we got to get an honorable mention in here, folks. Because while he didn't have top five in yards, but he had top five in all-purpose yards. We had, and I had to, this one, I had to mention him. We have Aaron Jones running back. From the Green Bay Packers in a W over Dallas. Throw up 107 yards rushing on 19 attempts. But that's not why we're gonna talk about him. It isn't because of the it isn't because of the combined 75 receiving yards on seven on seven catches that he put up. No, no, no. That's not why we're gonna talk about him. Or he gets an honorably mentioned. We're gonna talk about him because he had four. Russian touchdowns in there folks and that takes us right into our fantasy football top five where he led all of them folks where Aaron Jones had 41 fantasy football points which led all players that week but he was not alone folks he was joined by another running back by the name of Christian McCaffrey who also who also Put up 41 fantasy football points. But once again, folks, they weren't alone. There was a wide receiver that also added 41 points as well. And oh, yo, yep, folks, you guessed it. It was the, nope, not Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, number one wide, number one quarterback in fantasy last week with 41 points. Then we had Matt Ryan with 31 points, put up number two. Russell Wilson came in third with number with 29. We had Steady, Steady Teddy, have 26 of fantasy fa football points. And then we had the rookie in his first W, Kyla. I should have played baseball, Murray, throw up 25 fantasy football points. We already told you as far as running backs what Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Jones did with their 41. But also Josh Jacobs from Oakland added 26 fantasy football points. Matt Brady from San Francisco had 24. And Pat Lindsey from Denver had 20. And folks, we talked about badass wide receivers that went off. We talked about what Houston did. Well, guess what? Houston wasn't that far off in wide receivers, folks. We had Will Fuller the fifth. Yes, folks, he is the fifth. The one, two, three, four. No mm, one, two, three, four. Five times, five times, five times, five times, five times. Fifth in his family with that name and he had 39 fantasy football points we had mike thomas for four 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 new orleans put up 30 of them points amari cooper from dallas with 28 and dj Chalk from jacksville also added 28 with him matched him adam thielen put up 25 
as far as your tight ends, we had George Kittle from San Fran decide that, oh, you know what? I'm not alone. I'm not alone. He added 14 fantasy football points, and he was also matched by Houston's tight end, Darren Fells, who also had 14. Jared Elrod from Carolina had 13 fantasy football points. Zach Ertz from Philly had 11 on the Jets. And Jared Cook from New Orleans had 10 from Steady. Steady Teddy. <clears throat> right? Top five defenses. Top five defenses. Give it one more time, Booker. Five time, five time, five time, five time, five time. Oh, I'm going to miss you next season, Booker. We're going to have to try to find a way to incorporate you into the next year's show. And I think I just figured out how. Philadelphia had number one defense as they demolished the New York Jets. They had put up 35 fantasy football points. Also, I told you what happens. I told you what happens. I told you. I'm sorry. I lie. I didn't tell you. I didn't say a goddamn word. I'm not the one that actually said this. I didn't tell you. You know who told when you? you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're gonna get. Richard Sherman's the one that told you what happens when you try his defense with a sorry receiver like the old dirty backup. And he puts up 19 fantasy football points on your ass. New England dropped 15. Once again, it was against Washington. Minnesota and Pittsburgh both dropped 13 fantasy football points. That is all of your football from week five, folks. And I know what you're waiting for. You're like, T, you still got time. T, I want to know about the remainder of the picks. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, you got my picks. Oh, man. I hope I get them better this week. Give me a beat. Find millions of textbooks and solutions on the go. Marvel at how seamlessly it fits into your daily student activities. Walking through the quad, shopping for groceries, exercising, doing your laundry, dominating at the county fair, mashing down a black diamond, going for a sunset horseback ride, devouring Danielle Steele's latest page turner, feeding the bears, catching flying babies, letting loose with the gang. Intergalactic lightsaber battle, saving an adorable puppy from a burning building, or simply in the classroom. Find textbooks, read e-textbooks, and get guided solutions, all in one place. Chegg, improving the college experience, however you decide to live it. Let me put you on the game. Being taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop. Aren't you tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then, head to Multivest Video Games and get the value you deserve on your games and gaming products. The games cost money and you shouldn't feel like you're just giving them away. So why continuously buy a membership for prices and deals that you should be getting anyway? Multivest Games not only has fair pricing and great trading deals, Multivest has a wide variety of games in all next-gen systems in the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One series, as well as all your favorite old-school titles and systems, starting as early as Atari and Nintendo to as current as PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360s, and yes, that does include all of the PlayStation's, Nintendo systems, and Xboxes in between. 
They've been family owned and operated for over 10 years, just off of the intersection of 183rd and 7th Avenue in the Nurses Registry Plaza. That's directly located at 830 Northwest 183rd Street, Miami Gones, Florida 33169. That's conveniently just five minutes from Sun Life Stadium, $7.90 the ticket, and oh no, let's not forget Tootsie's Adult Entertainment Center. Multi-Vest Games, where you save more so you can play more. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am still your host, the one and only talent, Omar Taylor. If you are still listening to me, then you need to go back to the last time we had to rejoin to find out all the places that you could listen to the show. I know I'm joking. I'll tell you again. We're talking about MightySports.net. We're talking about iTunes. We're talking about Google Play. We're talking about Podbean. We're talking about Spotify. We're talking about anywhere that you would like to listen to your podcast at. Tune in, MixLR, anywhere, folks, even on YouTube and Facebook. When they're not blocking me, that is. So, folks, it's week six in the NFL. And I'm telling you, I keep trying to figure out where do I want to play a couple of these beats at. Because, you know, there's some things I want to save for, for, for basketball mode. And I mean, really, I want to save some things for basketball mode because there, are some, there is some heat that is coming for this next section. So, folks, you have to understand, week six. We got four people. We got four teams in a bye week. We have Buffalo taking a break. We have Chicago hibernated. We have Indy recovering from their high, and we have Oakland trying to settle things down at Raider Nation. First game, first. First things first. I'll pop. Wait, can I get a first of all? First of all. First of all, first of all, first things first. There we go. We have the New York Giants taking on the New England Patriots. And let's just make it real clear, right? It's the New England Patriots. You got Tom Brady over here running the immaculate system by Bill Belichick. You actually have that defense looking real good this year. We already know how this team's record is when it comes to rookie quarterbacks. And I don't see that changing anytime. I know the Love Jones has been going on in New York. And you know what? When, he, when, 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 when Daniel Jones takes his second loss, I don't see the Love Jones discontinuing. Because you know what? Everybody's going to say, well, he's a young quarterback. Quarterback, he's going against Tom Brady. You understand? They're the, they're the evil dynasty. You understand? Like, this is only his third game. He's just getting into the fall of things. Let's try this is his fourth game. He's just now getting into the fall of things. You understand? You got to get against some time. But he looked good. He threw a good ball. You know, he understand that he, he, took, he, he took some chances. He got the chops. But not the chops to take away the dub, to come away with the W. We have New England over the Giants. The Love Jones starts to look a little like you may not want to answer a couple of those texts um, so suddenly anymore. Now, instead of doing that instant response, you kind of just wait an hour just to be like, yo, I was busy. And I don't just respond to you automatically when you decide to hit me up. What the fuck? Like, I got my own life, but Even though I'm just sitting here butt naked, scratching my balls, and I probably wouldn't want you to come over and suck on these balls. But... You know, this is how players play all day, every day. I don't know what else to say. Except for next up, we have Carolina taking on Tampa Bay. And while we have the youngster in Carolina taking on Tinovachin, 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 I'm telling you right now, 
I don't know who to have faith in. So my faith is going to go with the hometown. I don't even want to do that. But when the guy that's coming in is a backup quarterback anyway, it's kind of hard for me to go for him. But you know what? He's on a winning streak. And when you're talking about streaks, you want to keep things going alive. I'm going to take Carolina to come away with a victory as they go into Tampa Bay. And they pull out the chains. And they take that ball away from Tampa, from Jameis Winston a couple of times. And they come away with that victory, folks. I see the Panthers pouncing all over the box. All right. Next up, we have Washington versus Miami, folks. This is the ultimate mediocre bowl, but somebody has to get a W if that means anything. I mean, both of these teams could just not score and have a scoreless game where they both come out with a draw, but I doubt that's going to happen. I doubt we'll have a game that disgusting in Miami. I mean, like, what else could, what else kind of disgusting, rat, unrational shit can you ask for? A two-point game on both sides? Even that would be even, would be bad. Now, while this would probably be the perfect time, if I was a Miami Dolphins fan, to say, like, hey, this is a good time for us to come up with a victory. But you guys aren't even trying to win. And Washington is actually trying to win. So much so that Washington has already fired their head coach. Yep, Jay Gruden, brother of John Gruden, is officially out of the league. As he will not be the, the head coach when they start week five. Or week six, I should say. Oh, if you didn't know that? You didn't know that? My bad. Should I, should, I, should I ring the alarm for you? So, yeah. Now, so you have to understand, like, a lot of these games this week, and and, it's, and this is a lot of games in the, in the NFL this year, there's a lot of young quarterbacks that you really want to see this year. And more than anything, I think that's what's made this year exciting. The last couple of years, two, three years, I want to say the last two years, there wasn't really, I don't think there was a lot of buzz around a lot of the, I shouldn't say there wasn't a lot of buzz. Because I, I, I want to say since Patrick Mahomes, and that's two years. So right before Patrick Mahomes, there was probably like a two, three year drought. We weren't really buzzing about any young quarterback. A lot of those young quarterbacks kind of just kind of fizzled out. Remember, these are James, we're talking about James Winston and, 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 and <laughs> Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. Like these are the guys that we're talking about. Even Josh Allen and... Well, that was last year, wasn't it? <laughs> I was going to say Josh Allen and Sam Darnold and all those guys that came out that year. But there is a buzz. There definitely is a buzz on a lot of young quarterbacks. And what happens is that you see this year being built around... You know what? Even if a lot of... You want to see what a lot of these young quarterbacks... Are like. Listen, starting from the very first game, New York Giants versus New England. Not for nothing. You figure this game is going to be a wash, but you want to see what the young kid Daniel Jones does against New England or how he looks against them. We, I, this is why I don't, I don't understand why Washington didn't at least start their, their, their new quarterback against New England. You're going to get you're gonna get trampled anyway. At least have your, your rookie quarterback go up against the worst possible scenario. Have him go up against the best. Everything else after that should start to look easy. Don't hand them the easy shit, but like, yo, we want you to look good early, and then things start to get hard for me. You know what I mean? Difficult for me. So, no. But like, yo, this is as hard as it's probably going to get right here. First game, you don't know what the hell is going on. You're facing Tom Brady and, and, and the immaculate system that Bill Belichick has schemed up. That's what you're dealing with. 
Let them deal with that, young. And that's what I'm happy about about, about Daniel Jones right now. He's gonna he had a couple of good victories, right? He he faced a good defense in Minnesota. Definitely a great offense. That has nothing to do with, with Daniel Jones. But they're gonna face now another good defense in New England, a great scheme, a great team. And let's see how he starts to work himself out of this. Carolina, the same thing. I just told you about Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is, is a young enough quarterback that we're still trying to kind of interested in seeing how he's going to pan out. He's in a contract year. And then Carolina has a young quarterback taking over for Cam Newton. They're now veteran quarterback. Cam Newton is no longer a young quarterback that we're trying to figure out. He's a veteran quarterback now in this league. Washington versus Miami. Washington and Miami both have young quarterbacks that you would like to see play in this game. One, the Josh Rosen kid, and the other one, the Dwayne Haskin kid. Put them both in this game. Let them slug it out. Let them go all sluggo. Let them go sluggo mode. But I got Washington coming with this victory over Miami. Next up, we don't. Um, next up is not really the battle of. I mean, they're kind of young quarterbacks, but one of them has already won a Super Bowl, and the other one, ah, we don't quite know what's going on in Minnesota yet. He's a veteran in Minnesota. We're gonna see. We're gonna see if Minnesota can come away with this victory. We know their defense is, is, is pretty is pretty stock. We can say same thing about Philly. We're gonna see if, if Minnesota can continue to get the ball to the to their Dalvin Cooks, to the Adam Thielens, to the to the Stephon Diggs. Who listen. Stephon Diggs wants out of there. New York Jets, go get him. Why, I, I don't understand why the New York Jets aren't going after these people. Go after Deshaun Diggs. Go after, go after the guy in Jackson. Go after all of them. Give up all of your draft picks for next year. Go after these guys. Who needs a draft pick next year if you got Stephon Diggs? What are you drafting? You know what I mean? For one, for one more pick. For the cornerback over there. I'm forgetting his name all of a sudden. But what's a high what, what's a what, what's a high pick for him? Two high picks from over two years. You have what you want. But I see Minnesota coming with that victory. We have Houston taking on Kansas City. Now this is a, this is one of those games. This is one of the multi best games of the week. Once again, two young quarterbacks that we want to see. We're more interested, really, because about all these two teams because of their two young quarterbacks. Understand? Because when you finally think that a team has got their quarterback situation right, you want to see what this young quarterback can do. You really want to see it. And when they look like they can win, like, we have a lot of, like, not for nothing, like, we have a few teams out there that really need quarterbacks, but there's a lot of quarterback talent going on in the league right now. There's a lot of quarterback talent going on in the league right now. Even based on what we see from backup quarterbacks. There's a lot of quarterback talent in the league going on right now. And we talk a lot of shit about Kaepernick can't get a job. But there's a reason why Kaepernick can't get a job. Because, listen, Kaepernick's going to bring a level of excitement to what we've already seen. I think we've already seen everything we want to see from Kaepernick. Or we're going to see from Kaepernick. And let's not forget, the last couple years about Kaepernick, the percentage wasn't looking too well. Team record wasn't looking too good. We was doubting if he should be a starting quarterback in the league. Uh, come on, let's not forget about this. Like, over the years, time has been kind to Callan Kaepernick because his cause has overshadowed his play, which is what the NFL was afraid of, was that this person's cause would overshadow whatever he does on the floor and it would be, end up being more bigger than the game or a bigger distraction. It kind of is. It's a good distraction. It's a good cause. It's a great fucking cause and a great distraction. But it's still a distraction nonetheless. 
And we saw Callum Kaepernick. People talking about how hard he threw the ball, how, how how his touch really wasn't there. Part of the reason why he why he lost a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game is because he couldn't get, put the ball where it needed to be with touch when it mattered the most. His balls were just a little too hard, a little too overthrown, a little too high. Always had a, always had a speed and zip on it, but always a little too much speed, a little too zip. He throws a hard ball, and this is also coming from one of the greatest catchers in the in the league ever, CC. So Houston's gonna take on Kansas City in Kansas City, and I'm gonna pick Kansas City to win this game. But this is without me knowing the full-blown health status of Patrick Mahomes. Which is something that you're going to want to have to follow all the way, leading all the way into that game. If it doesn't look like Patrick Mahomes can't go, can't go fully, I, I, say, you, I, I say you pull the trigger and you go Houston. Houston still has a good defense. Houston has enough weapons on offense that they should Remember, we talked about Houston a couple years ago. We talked about Houston the same way we talked about the L.A. Chargers. The same way we talked about Kansas City. That they should have enough weapons on the field. Same way we kind of talked about, the same way people talk, kind of talked about Cleveland this year. They should have enough weapons on the field to be able to get that ball to anybody that they need to at any point in time that has a good match, mismatch. Whether you're running the ball or passing the ball. You have weapons in wide receiver, tight end, running back, quarterback. What they consider the, the, the four skilled positions. What more do you need? I said something to somebody this earlier this week as we had a conversation. And it was about the immaculate system that Tom Brady runs. And they talked about, we're talking about the, some of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. And, we, and while we all could agree that Peyton Manning is better than Tom Brady, and we all could agree that because it's the immaculate system, but people put Tom Brady up, up there because of how many rings he's had. And I tell you, I don't see Tom Brady being better than Steve Young. I don't see Tom Brady being better than Joe Montana. I'm sorry. I don't think Tom Brady is better than, than, than Dan Marino. And that's hard for me to say as, uh, as a Jets fan that doesn't like the Dolphins for anything in the world. I don't think he's better than Phillip Rivers. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of quarterbacks. I don't think that Tom Brady is better than. But Tom Brady runs the immaculate system. And in that immaculate system, it has worked for him. Now, in that immaculate system, does he need to progress? Does he need to win? Does he need to show that he can handle the moments, that he cannot make mistakes, that he can get the ball up the field, make the correct pass, pass with accuracy? Yes. And I still said Alex Smith in the immaculate system would have had four, had, would have had four rings at minimum. If, they, if he would have caught every single break that Tom Brady caught, the tuck rule, the defensive calls, the, you, know, you understand? All of those breaks that we're talking about, and we just add Alex Smith in there into those situations or all those Super Bowls, 
I'm telling you, Alex Smith was a four-time Super Bowl champion. It's the immaculate system. And Tom Brady is the poster boy at quarterback for that immaculate system. But it's not an immaculate system. That is just spearheaded by Tom Brady. The arrow is shaped, crafted, sharpened by Bill Belichick. The staff is whittled and carved by Bill Belichick. That staff and that arrow is tied together by Bill Belichick and then thrown out there for you every single Sunday by Bill Belichick. And Tom Brady runs the immaculate system. And I'm telling you right now, Alex Smith could be just as impressive. So when you talk about some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, I don't see Tom Brady even breaking top five. But he has six rings, and six rings is something to talk about. Now let's keep talking about what we want to see here on this, on, on this field. Houston, Kansas City, two young quarterbacks. We got Kansas City coming up with the victory. Another multivest game of the week because Steady, Steady Teddy has earned the right to now want us to watch New Orleans again. He has earned the right to now make New Orleans excited. And Steady, Steady Teddy has earned the right to be in the multivest player a game of the week as we now want to see in New Orleans versus Jacksonville. We got two young quarterbacks fighting over there. One is a backup quarterback and the other one wasn't the starter when he started the season. I see New Orleans going into Jacksonville and taking that victory. As they, as they still are dealing with, with, with the Ramsey incident, with the Ramsey Accord, the Ramsey Accords. Oh, we take Ramsey back to Game of Thrones. There's a lot of people that ain't liking you right now for sitting out in Jacksonville. Another multiverse game of the week. This is back to back to back. We got Seattle taking on Cleveland. Again, young quarterback, oversized veteran quarterback. The former team of the... When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. So we still got the coach that drew up the scheme that allowed Richard Sherman to... When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. And while we call Steady Teddy, uh, Teddy Bridgewater Steady Teddy, ain't no other more consistent quarterback out there that we can really talk about than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks, I see them taking a victory over the Cleveland Browns and their pastry chef, Baker Mayfield, and their old dirty player, Beckham. 
Seattle with this victory. Next up, we have Cincinnati versus Baltimore. I already told you how bad Cincinnati is. I'm not picking them to come over for another victory again. If any time that they win this season, I'll be surprised. Baltimore with an easy W. Next up, we have San Francisco taking on the LA Rams. And I'm going to hope that San Francisco 49ers come in there with the same kind of vigor that allowed Richard Sherman one more time for the people to say. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. This is the fourth and final multi-vest game of the week. We didn't quite get to the five games, but we were at least able to get to four. There are four games that we really want to see. There are four games that we are going to try to break down and watch every single last instant of it. And that is if we are not too drunk from watching our Jets lose to the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, folks, that is going to happen. Now, also what may happen, and I'm sorry, was Arizona taking on Atlanta. And while Atlanta has may have been struggling, I don't see them struggling to the point where they can't take a victory from Kyla. I should have played baseball Murray. I have Atlanta going on the road and taking out Arizona. Next up, we have Tennessee taking on Denver. And these are, boy, two of the most wishiest, wassiest, flukiest, up and, and down in this quarterbacks in the league. We are talking about the Teddy Mari Mariota and Joe Fluco. Tennessee versus Denver. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know which one of these I don't want to pick. We're going to go off the home team here. We're going to go off the home team here. We're going to go with Patrick Lindsay going off. Not to say that um, Delaney Walker won't go off in his, in his own right, but we're going to say that Patrick Lindsay goes off just a little bit more, gets a couple of touchdowns, and helps his team get gets another victory. Next up, we have Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the pull out what 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 do I want to call you Mr. Philip I don't know how to pull out rivers like I'm surprised that Philip Rivers hasn't taken all of his all of his snaps from the shotgun cuz he can't pull out he has 9 kids but you know what when you're a multimillionaire I guess you could have 9 kids and when you're a multimillionaire I can see why you're still playing football at 38 yep me and Philip Rivers are the same age folks here I am talking about sports, and there he is still playing sports. I still could, I still couldn't be Army in at uh, this age. Actually, I'll be just about done. Actually, actually, I would have just been done about two weeks now if I would have continued. I would have just been done, and boy, I would have been ten times more beaten up than I am. I caught a heart attack this year. Can you understand? If I would have stayed in the military, I probably would have caught a heart attack within ten within my first ten years. It wouldn't have waited until my 20th year to, 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 to transpire, which basically happened. It would have happened in 10. Oh, the army would have put a way more pressure on your boy. And it's going to be a lot more pressure than, than, the, LA, than the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be able to pull on the LA Chargers. We, we, we got the pullout poppy taking up another victory as he's going to add another W as he tries not to add another kid to his resume. Folks, and then uh, we have the Monday night game. And this is going to be a good one. This is normally a game that we may save for Thanksgiving, but we're going to get it Monday night in week six. And that is the Green Bay Cheesehead Packers versus the Detroit Lions. And in there, we got the Green Bay Packers, and who they like to call the bad man, Aaron Rodgers. 
as I see him connecting again with his Jones with his Jones boys and getting coming up with another victory. Now, folks, one of these weeks we're gonna have oh oh a, a, a week where we don't have any losses, and I got a good feeling about this week. Oh, I got a good feeling about this week. I'm telling you right now. Go to the bank. Drop $1 on every single pick that I made here. And I'm telling you, you're going to come out a victor. You're going to come out a victor. I can guarantee it. You're going to come up with more money than you lost. That's like, I'm going to take another break before we continue on. This is Mighty Sports Podcast on MightySports.net. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They join because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am still your host, the one and only talent, Omar Taylor. If you're still listening, I mean, you're listening to the many, many platforms that I have provided to make sure that you can always have this enjoyable listening experience. You know we got to take breaks. I can't just sit here and talk for 90 straight minutes on plus. Listen, football wasn't the only thing that happened in the sports world this week. We had a lot more other things that happened in the sports world. So I don't want you to fight against it. Listen, just like... You should have witnessed the fight that happened. Oh, man. Oh, man. There was a UFC fight that took place this week. And I am telling you that there is a guy that is out there by the name of the last style bender. His name is Israel Adesanya. And I am telling you. He is as bad as Adam and Adam Silva in his prime plus swag. And this kid, he has already fought Adam, Adamson Silva, and we've seen him beat him. We've seen him fight other players and beat them and beat them decisively, like like top contender Gastelion. We see him take them all down. And this week, we had interim champion Israel Adesanya taking on champion Robert Whittaker so they can unify these belts finally because you already know when there's an interim champion, it's because the regular champion couldn't fulfill his needs, his destinies, and was probably injured for a while. Sip, 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 sip. So here is this match now, and this goes in the first, and first, before we get even, before we go any further, let's talk about Israel, the last style breakers, 
He like to come to the last style bender. I like to come the last style breaker. The last style bender's entrance. As he came out there, he popped it, he locked it, he flipped it, he dipped it. The only thing he didn't do was smack it, flip it, and rubbed it down. But the way he came away with this W, I'm pretty sure he had a little bit of that going on later, if you know what I mean. I already gave you the, I already gave you the ending, so let's talk about the fight. They first round comes out, and they and they Whitaker tries to establish a couple of lead kicks, but that doesn't that doesn't really work. Israel, the last style breaker, backs up and starts giving some room, and we see Whitaker throw a couple of head kicks, and he whiff past him. You saw Whitaker throw a couple of punches, and Israel dodged them, folks. He looked like Jaren trying to catch Goku in ultra instinct mode. He was just dodging everything, looking light on his. Feet, folks. We're talking about quick as a butterfly, sting like a bee. We ain't calling him Muhammad Ali, but Israel is as close as they could be. Woo! That was the first dominating round. Couldn't touch him. Got tagged every time he swung in. He was being punished by counter after counter. Second round comes in. Whitaker realized there was maybe one thing that did work early in that first round. And that was a couple of leg kicks. So he starts over with a couple of leg kicks. And you know what? This round, he does start to catch the last style breaker. But it wouldn't last, folks. As the round would wear on, he doesn't catch him so much anymore. And he starts to whiff. And he starts to catch it. Which means... He is now gasping for air. <sighs> and now you've seen the last outbreaker. He starts to take over. He starts to take over. He starts to come into play. And next thing you know, we are talking about a victory for the last bender. It didn't look pretty. This was a very, very, very decisive second round knockout. And listen, the last style breaker now is 19-0 in his UFC career. And he is probably one of, he is probably, if not one of the, but the most exciting fighter you are going to want to watch. And who is he calling out, folks? This is what probably, listen, I saw him fight, I fell in love with him. I saw him fight Anderson Silva. He got my love, my respect, and admiration. I realized there he was the truth. But then I heard that he called out the ultimate cheater himself, John Bones Jones. And I'm telling you, I got super excited because this is a win-win for him. He's going to take on Bones Jones. He wants to move up, but not before he takes a couple of more fights and, and, and defends his title. Probably going to fight Gasleon again. Maybe. Who claims to have been sick, by the way, the first time they fought. And said, I did well for the being sick. Lucy's always got excuses. But 
Gasly, um, listen, we respect. Um, he, he's a he's a stand up guy. He's kind of classy. I don't want to really call St. Louis. Always have excuses, but they do. And and he, and he really did pick a long ass time to 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 put this out. But you can always tell that he always had this in the back of his, you know, in the back of his arsenal, just waiting for the right time to drop it. The Swag King. The last style blender. Israel. Adesanya. Called out Bones Jones. And he's going to go up and fight him. And like I said, this is a win-win for the kid. Because. He's fine. Style-wise? Length-wise? You're talking about. This is probably the next guy that still has it. That's kind of built like him. Anderson Silva would have been the next guy. That's kind of like him. To, to build, but Anderson Silva's past his prime. That he can that he can really be tested against. And not for nothing, when he beats Bones Jones, Bones Jones will have a legitimate loss in his record. And if Bones Jones wins, we already know. He's gonna fail his he's gonna fail his drug test. That's the only way Jones Bones could win could win meaningful fights is when he's hopped up on steroids. So when Israel gets his, if Israel gets a loss to Bones Jones, it'll be erased or have an asterisk beside it because Bones Jones would have been would have been caught for steroids and other and other narcotics again. Oh. Now what this kid has become for me is must see. He no longer does have my love, my heart, my admiration, my respect. This podcast. He's become must see. When he fights, we will watch. We will watch. And as we continue in our... J-M-A. I finished fight pick. As we continue the fight section of our, of our segment... We got a chance to catch the inaugural season opener for SmackDown on Fox. We got a chance to catch NXT. We haven't had a chance to catch AEW yet. We got a chance to see Hell in a Cell. Got a chance to see the Monday Night Raw afterwards. There's a lot of good stuff that happened in the fight world. What happened on Friday, we weren't surprised though. We knew that Brock Lesnar was going to make an appearance to SmackDown. We knew Brock Lesnar was going to take on Kofi Kingston for the championship belt. And we knew there was no way that Kofi Kingston was going to come out victorious. What we didn't expect was for Kofi Kingston to lose that belt in less than three seconds. What we didn't expect was for Cain Velasquez to jump over from the UFC and come into WWE to take to to to, to take revenge for his godson that Brock Lesnar mangled last week. Cain Velasquez, folks. What we didn't expect to see was the Gypsy King. Yes, folks, the boxing champion Tyson Fury come out and want to take on. Braun Strowman. Yes, folks, WWE has been kind of interesting this week. As now we're talking about WWE is now being separated into two brands, if not of three brands. They have their NXT brand, which is exclusive now to 
that had now has now gone on to UFC and has now gone on to USA as well. But you also have Monday Night Raw being exclusive um to you to USA. We have Fox and SmackDown now being exclusive to being exclusive to Fox. And we have both of those parties trying to get the best talent so that they can put on a show that people are going to continuously want to watch for years to come and continue them on being the the, the longest running weekly episodic episodic shows on television one and two the ones and twos the ones and twos and trying to build their third trying to build their third through NXT that is incredible we didn't expect to see The Rock this week. Come, actually, I'm lying. If there's a SmackDown inauguration first year of anything, we expect to see The Rock because the show is named after The Rock. This Friday starts WWE Shake-Up. It's a WWE draft where these networks are now it's, it's funny to see on how how they how they're gonna work this out because we kind of already know how this how this worked out in the past. Now let's see what's really gonna work. How this really gonna work out when you really have two different stations bidding literally for fighters on their show. Literally, where's Braun Strowman gonna go? Where are the tag team champs gonna go? Where is, Bron Where is Roman Reigns going to go? Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, The Fiend, John Cena. Where are these players going to go? That we'll find out Friday. And it will be continued on, on Friday Night Smackdown. And it will continue on Monday Night Raw. But since we're talking about wrestling, let's not forget to get this in here. That Platinum Pro Wrestling will be presenting to you Hollow Slam, October 26th at the CrossFit Squad at 512 Evernia Street in West Palm Beach, Florida. Tickets are on sale now. Let's go to TicketBud.com. It's $20 for adults, $15 for kids under 12. We also have VIP packages. Doors open at 7, bells at 8. Don't forget, you can save $5 when you pre-order your tickets at TicketBud. So come and check it out. PPW's Hollow Slam. PPW, Platinum Pro Wrestling. They're cut above the rest. And folks, let's just close the show out with what, with what you've already been here waiting for. What you already know is happening. There's basketball to talk about. There's, oh. Oh, 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 my God. I, I, I need a tissue again. Clean up on Ali. <laughs> Clean up on Ali. This is completely unrelated to the section that's coming up next, but it's time to talk about them while I take a moment to recover. So, hey, ladies. Where the ladies at? Yeah. Where the ladies at? Yeah. Where the ladies at? Where the ladies at? Sometimes you gotta fool them. Sometimes you gotta send a woman to do a man's job, you know what I mean? In this case, my girl here like a grown motherfucking man. That nigga's man laid low. Catch you wearing a hurt, you know what I mean? Blow your balls off, nigga.
Yes, folks, it is basketball time. And if you know how I love my basketball, then you know I'm about to talk about the WNBA because this is exactly where the things got good. Folks, basically the WNBA finals have turned into the Elena Della Don Sagas part Three. Because, yes, folks, if you haven't heard me mention this on her resume, her resume that in her sixth year in her sixth year in the league, she's been a six-time All-Star. She's been a two-time MVP. She's been a scoring champion. First woman ever to join the 50-40-90 club. That's 50% shooting from field goal range, 40% from three, 90% from free throw range. And let's not let's, let's add into that, she was 97.3% from free throw range. Yeah, she only missed about 2.6% of her shots. This is Elena Deladon. Only thing missing from her resume is a NBA is a WNBA championship and a WNBA Finals MVP, which she has. This is now her third attempt at. While we love her, this has been now the story of her career. Make it to an NBA Finals, gets injured, can't help team. Make it to NBA Finals. Favorite to win, gets injured, can't help team. Best player on team, can't help team. Can't keep doing this. So now in her third time making it here, she you find out that, that Alayla Dana Don has a herniated disc in her back. And, she's and she misses game two. And her team gets shellacked in game two. She's questionable for game three. And folks... Superwoman goes inside the booth, loosens up her tie. Let's refine that. Elena Della Don, folks. She loose. She took off her blazer, stepped in her tie, stepped out the booth. Superwoman was alive, folks. Because remember, she's trying to make history, not history. Because we're talking about her here. We're talking about the WNBA and Alayda Deladon. She's trying to tell her story and make her story. Because the word history had to be made by a man. Because he only talks about his story. So. <laughs> Alayda Deladon is her third time here. We don't know if she's going to play in game three. And then the world comes down 20 minutes before the game. Lantana Don is clear to play. She will play. And folks, it helps give a boost to her team. While Elena Dilla Don only had 13 points, she was highly efficient for 5 for 16 from the line or from the field. The real stars, though, the real, real stars of her team were her two guards. Shooting guard Christy Tolliver, who had a double-double. To a 20 points, 10 assists, 7 for 9 shooting. And their other guard, Natasha Cloud, who also added an additional 19 points. Another star was added. Well, well, another star decided to contribute that day as well. And that was their bench player. Their bench player that I'm telling you that she only could be compared to James Harden for how efficient she is off that bench. She only could compare, be compared to them. And when I say James Harden, I'm talking about the likes of James Harden, Jamal Crawford, and Lou Williams. Yes, their forward, Emma Messerman, came off the bench and added another 21 points, folks.
she also had a double-double as she had 10 rebounds as well. The Mister took a 2-1 lead, and they were looking to close out in game four. That happened on, on basically, yeah, that happened last night. Game four. Game four would not go the Mystic way, as the Connecticut Sun would win a close game, 86-90. They would force a decisive game five behind double digits points from all starters in that game. All led by center. We've mentioned her. We've mentioned here before how badass she is. If you haven't, if you haven't heard me mention about how badass she is, I'm telling you right now, she's a badass, John Quill Jones. But she was also helped by her power forward, Alyssa Thompson. They both had double doubles. John Quill Jones, 18 points and three and 13 rebounds, and Alyssa Thompson, with 17 points, eight rebounds, and 11 assists. Game five, the final game of the WNBA championship. It's gonna take place tomorrow night, and I'm gonna have to take off. I'm gonna have to turn off all notifications on my phone to make sure that I watch that when I come home, or listen to it while I'm at work or something, because that's something I do not want to miss. Just like I did not want to miss. We have. Another cleanup on aisle eight. Folks, we had we had Nick's Media Day. As I cleaned myself off. We had Nick's Media Day. And I wanted to pay attention to Nick's Media Day. Not just as the Knicks fan in me. Well, mainly because of the Knicks fan in me. Granted, I didn't pay attention to Brooklyn Nets Media Day because when am I paying attention with Brooklyn Nets Media Day? Brooklyn Nets doesn't have a bunch of young stars, young young kids that are going to come out. I'm going to root for the Brooklyn Nets this year. As I'll be rooting for my Knicks this year. I'm going to be rooting for the Brooklyn Nets to win a championship next year. And the year after that. As the New York Knicks continue to get themselves together. But within five years from now, all that's going to change. But Brooklyn's definitely in the house and Brooklyn's going to get a championship. Don't get it twisted, boy. We're on sicko mode. We're coming here. Sun is out. Reason cold. Listen. We already know that Kevin Durant and, 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 and Kyrie Irving where they do it for a championship ring. That's all they know. They know nothing else. But we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about the New York Knicks and their media day. As I heard a lot of good things coming out of their media day. I, heard, I should say good. I heard a lot of interesting things. Some of it good. Right? But I heard a lot of interesting things. And, and, and the most interesting thing came from the, the forward Marcus Morris. And I have to remember which one we have, right? As we have the Morris twins. And once again, so as 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 you guys always hear my initial response to things, right? Let me let me always back up a little bit. And let me as, as I reflect a little bit on some of, of what my some of my of how of why I'm upset and, why, and the areas that I'm upset at in. If you guys have known me now for a while, right? I don't know how long Marcus Morris has been in the league. And I don't know if Marcus Morris if Marcus Morris is in the league when we started this podcast, and I'm pretty sure he was. But I always wanted one of these more one of these one of these Morris twins. From the moment they got from the moment I saw them play in college in Duke or Kansas, whatever one of these blue blooded state um states they were playing in. You know, Kansas, North Carolina, whatever. Like I wanted one of them on my team. I thought they would be great players to have on your team. 
I still don't think it's a bad commodity to have one of the Morris twins on your team. I just don't think that they should be a key uh, the, the key player. Same thing I think about Zach um, about about Randall, right? Like I, I think Randall is a great player. I don't think he should be the focal point on your team, but I think with what they do, we kind of need them. These are guys that could put up 18 points a game without ever needing without needing a play call for them really. What is it when they get the ball in their position? They're highly efficient with it. Now, this can even be like when, when plays break down, let's get them to the spot. 10 seconds going in the, in, the, in the play clock. So, Marcus Morris is being, being interviewed. As well as Kevin Knox. As well as AJ Barrett, um, RJ Barrett. And you're hearing them flip it up, right? Going through the different interviews like, like sickle mode. And, and we're getting and we're falling in love with who the Knicks are, right? They're talking all that back in the day stuff, that a lot of that bully ball, and and, and we and we heard and, and these are some of the words we saw, like oh nobody's gonna come into our home and disrespect us. This is this is what the Knicks are saying. You you hear Marcus Morris talking about we got some real dogs on the team, right? And you hear the people that he mentioned, Zoe Rook, Taj, Jules. Right? And, and, you, and you start paying attention. Okay. Zoe, Rook, Taj, Jules. Zoe. That's the young kid, Alonzo Tritt, that we kind of want to see play. Whether at shooting guard or point guard, we want to see him play and get the ball in his hand because we think he is a great one-on-one -on -one player. And outside of just shooting the ball and when the ball swings, we think he's one of those guys that you put the ball in his hand and he could get a shot on the perimeter on his own. I think the same thing about R.J. Barrett, too. Things are going to get interesting. Right? Rook. That's RJ Barrett. Dogs. He's talking about the dogs on the team. People that got some pit bull mentality to them. Right? Now, granted, I don't know what they got on offense. I mean, on defense. These two guys. But I know on offense, oh no, they should be able to bring it. RJ Barrett. We know about his attacking style of play. We knew if RJ Barrett would have came out one year earlier, he probably would have been the consensus number one pick. But this year he was number three because his boy came out number one. It's cool. Taj Gibson. He says Taj. Taj Gibson. We already knew Taj Gibson was a pit bull. Obviously, Marcus Morris is, is including himself in there. So we got the twin in there. And Julius Randle, who we already knew about. I was surprised that we didn't see Bobby being mentioned in there. Or or the center. Robinson. But we, I think we both know. I think we all know that Robinson isn't a pushover. And we all know that Bobby will punch his own teammates. So, who knows? But that's the media, there, and that's what I got from that. And, and that's something, and that's something I that I really wanted to pay attention to, that I really thought was interesting. Because the New Yorks basically said, like, yo, fuck you. You are not going to come in here and bully us. You heard Kevin Knox talk about this kind of the stuff that they went over. They said, hey, the coach Tibbs throwing any new sets. Like, no, nah, Tibbs ain't throwing any new sets. He didn't throw anything new in there. Well, he do a lot of he do a lot of pace stuff, a lot of flow game. They worked on a lot on their defense, a lot of transition, a lot a lot of transition defense. You know, um, full court defense. What that told me, they're working on their transition game, both transition offense and defense, which means that ultimately they're also working on their defense, because you don't get out in transition unless you make that other team miss, get the rebound and push the ball. With guys like Dennis Smith Jr. Lonzo Trier, 
RJ Barrett, Kevin Knox. You got young guys that can run the floor. Peyton, Randall. You got some guys that can push pace, which is what they're which is what they're they're, they're trying for. So now, oh, another cleanup on all eight. Now we finally get game one of the preseason. Oh, oh, oh. telling you, my mate is gonna be mad at me today. We're gonna have stains all over the place. But, alright. We got the first game. First game is against Washington, right? In Washington. I told you, there was a home and home coming up. So the first game is in Washington. Not the Garden yet, but they're playing on the road, which, which is good. Because you want to see how they were going to play on the road at Washington. Tonight, Miami taking on San Antonio. So you get to see them play. And it was a good game. You saw R.J. Barrett put up 17 points. Get seven rebounds attached to it. Now, now, tell you, I don't care about the points here, right? We had a couple of, we had a bunch of players, a couple of players with 17 points, a couple with 15, 16. You had players that produced. RJ Barrett led all of them with 17 points. But this is the most, this was the, the mo more interesting stat that I saw. Frank Nidakila had five rebounds. Kevin Knox, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, and RJ Barrett. All had seven rebounds, and Taj Gibson had nine. Knox, Frank, Knox, Randall, Barrett, Johnson, Gibson. We're gonna like we're hoping that RJ Barrett, RJ Barrett, is a high rebounding kind of guy. Let's take the ball off the board and push it. Frank need a killer, five rebounds. Take the ball off the board and push it. We already know what the rest of those big guys are doing. They're taking the ball off the board and pushing it, but to see. Kevin Knox in there, Frank Neela Keatley in there, RJ Barrick in there. That lets us know that we got wing guys that are taking this ball and they're pushing it. Flow game. Pace. Transition. We saw the we saw the defense come together for the Knicks. They, they had opportunity for a lot of fast for, for a decent amount of fast break points. We saw Marquise Morris get defended really, really well. And then smack the ball off a defender's head and gets ejected. Now, I think this is a foolish play. But it's early. And it helps set the tone for the Knicks. A little aggressiveness. There are going to be a lot of old school Knicks fans that appeases to. Bully ball. Old school Knicks are back. Anytime they say that, Knicks fans, oh my god. They, 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 they wet themselves more than I've wet myself today in this game. Or in this podcast. Like they cream all over themselves. Oh my God! Bully ball, bully ball. All oh, next basketball is back. What's next basketball gonna do for you in this era? Because the, the the closest thing that we saw to next basketball in this era was Memphis, and it all it took them was second round games. We're gonna need a little bit more than this. Just be physical, but I kind of like the direction of this team. The rook said he wants to dunk on Christoph Porzingis. Christoph Porzingis said, you must have forgot that I was a shot blocker. We're going to see which one of these two teams win. They're going to play early in the season. I'm going to get the NBA package. I don't know if I'm going to get the full package or just or just the Knicks. I'll probably get the full package. There's so much young talent around the league I want to watch. But I really just want to watch my Knicks.
I don't even want to watch the Nets this year, for real, for real. I don't care about Kyrie Irving, even though I use his jump shot in 2K18 and 2K20. I'm telling you, I am in love with this year. I have loved what they have done. We're going to have to take another show to talk about that. Because, you know what? We're done, people. It's over. It's finished. It's finito. It's, I appreciate you listening. I, I appreciate I appreciate you every time you listen. But I got no more to give. We got no more to talk about. Like, like what? Oh, oh, I, I forgot. I did forget something. The Yankees advanced advanced into the into the playoffs. Yeah, folks, we're in the, we're in baseball playoffs, and that's all I got for you. It's been interesting to see how people have been using their pitchers lately. It's baseball. What more do you want? I'll be interested when the when the Yankees make it to the ALCS. Then I'll start watching again. Until then, this is the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm out of here. Please don't forget. I love to remind you because this is what keeps me going every single day. That and coming to talk to you guys every day, every once a week. But please, let the found let the let the let the let the optimism of tomorrow be your foundation for today. This is the Mighty Sports Podcast, and I am out of here. Yo! Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world. That's my Brooklyn buzzsaw. Yo! Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where we going for breakfast? Don't want to go far. Rough night. Tired, baby. Tired. My tea!